We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of the DGD Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Alumni Hall. Alumni Hall is the ultimate shopping destination for Georgia Bulldogs fans like yourselves. I'm talking about a great shopping experience with everything you want and need to show off your Georgia pride. They have licensed Georgia apparel from brands like Nike, Cutter and Buck, Columbia, Peter Millar, Champion, and also they have a two for 38 t-shirt special. So go check that out. Make sure your family is game ready with apparel, accessories, and gifts. They're located 10 minutes from campus in Athens. Check them out in store or go to alumnihall.com. It's where Bulldog fans shop. Welcome to the DGD Podcast. As always, your host, Robert Reynolds. Juan will join us shortly. Speak of the devil himself. Juan, I see you're in here, my man. I know you're not on video just yet. You're dealing with some personal matters right now. So thank you for hopping in. Uh, How is your Friday going? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, as I can't hear Juan, so we'll work on that. Um, Juan, I, we can't hear you currently, so uh, we'll work on that right fast. Um, as we are going to be talking a lot of South Carolina football, guys, we're going to be talking our enemy Intel series is starting off today. And we're going to be talking, let's just do this right here. Enemy Intel series starting off today. And first and foremost, we are going to be talking South Carolina. Uh, our friend Mike Yuva will be on the show in just a minute. Um, and we're going to take a deep dive there. With that being said, you see the chain if you're watching. There's a reason this chain is out. And Tuesday is your answer. Obviously, Jamal Jarrett committed to the good guys, right? Uh, obviously, out of here at Grimsley. He looks 6'6", 365 for that matter, by the way. Keep that in mind. 365 right now. They say he's 350. He is 365. I promise you that. Went out there, was able to go, you know, watch the commitment live. If you saw it live on Tuesday, my apologies if the quality was terrible. Uh, it was very hot. Uh, to say the least, it was very, very hot. Uh, that's all I can say. Uh, obviously, you know, looking at it in this sense, right? Awesome that he's a dog, right? And as you can see, boom, the commitment chain is out, baby. The commitment chain is out. Uh, one, let me know that service is awful, so we will see him shortly. Um, and I want to touch back on something, right? Obviously, uh, while we wait, make sure to go. Listen, if you're not familiar, the show is brought to you by our guys over at Alumni Hall, our friends over at Alumni Hall, uh, right in Athens, guys, 10 minutes from campus. They're actually doing, a, you know, this weekend, a double points, whether it be online or in-store, where you can go and, and get you some stuff, get you some apparel, get you some accessories from uh, Alumni Hall, whether it be in-store, right, in-store or online, and you get double points. So it creates you an account there. Say you spend 50 bucks on a shirt, that will get you uh, double your points that you would get off of that. So definitely worth it, right? If you spend 150, that's 300 points. So keep in mind, you get double points for each dollar. So $150 gets you 300 points. You get to 300 points. That's $20 off of your next order at Alumni Hall. So keep that in mind uh, as we're talking today. Uh, you know, you got all weekend. Listen, like I said, I have a bunch of stuff from Alumni Hall. I love it. It's very comfortable. It's all licensed, by the way, too. All licensed. It is, right? It, it, let's just be honest here. Your Nike gear, your Columbia, right? Uh, cutter and buff, all this stuff, all of its license, and it's all Georgia uh, gear and everything else. It's just the way it is. Obviously, you saw one on the show. Um, yeah, so it's, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely worth getting, right? So let's go ahead while we're doing this right here. I see uh, the 6033 DGD, and Joel is in the chat. Uh, the brigade, if you will, Joel is elite. Uh, and, and Joel also says, let's effing go brigade right listen and mr ktg 
the pokey bear is in the brigade today. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So as we're sitting here, listen, I'm just figuring out. And we'll, I'll go back to this right here. Obviously, you know, with his commitment, right, with Josh's commitment, it was definitely interesting, right, definitely interesting. As I take the chain off, as I take the chain off, definitely interesting is all I'm going to say. Uh, leading up to it, you know, there was – it depends on how you look at things, right? The the crystal balls, if you will, were favoring the dogs. But I'll tell you right now, there was, there was still some hesitancy to choose uh, to choose Georgia or UNC. And then obviously you had Auburn. Never really thought Auburn was going to be there. But like I said, I always thought it was a UNC-UGA uh, battle. And ultimately the dogs came out on top. Right. Listen, it was very hot, but it was actually a good ceremony. Uh, you know, listen, it was there's a lot of good stuff that came out of that. Uh, you know, I'm happy for Ja. Right. Obviously, y'all know I talk about him all the time and rightfully so. Right. That's all I'm going to leave it there. He, he's worth every bit of energy to talk about. Kid is humble. He's going to work hard. The dogs got themselves a good one Tuesday. I promise you, he's going to work out today. I promise he will work out. He, he's going to be a dog. And I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, starts recruiting as well. So keep that in mind when we talk about Jamal, right? So if you're not familiar with him, go give him a follow on his Instagram. Go give him a follow on Twitter, right? Listen, also another thing, if you didn't see his commitment video, if you didn't see the commitment video, go watch it. Go watch it. So all I'm going to say, all I'm going to say is just watch it. And, and as Patrick says, in Jaw we trust. Absolutely. Listen, he, he's your – I hate to sound like it's a hot take or a, easy, a lazy take, but when you look at a comparison, you have to look at Jordan Davis. There's no way to get around it. Just watching his tape, watching – right, just obviously the measurables. It just makes too much sense. And I don't really have anybody else that's going to give you the same comp as Jordan Davis. Um, now we'll see. You know, only time will tell. But I'm expecting good things from Ja. Uh, and obviously now that Ja is in the fold uh, for the dogs in the 23 cycle, you've got your nose tackle of the future. Just point blank period. Point blank period. That's just the way it is. Uh, let's. So while we're waiting uh, to start talking Gamecock football, uh, let's get some comments in here. I want to hear some comments from the brigade. What are some topics that are really interesting right now? Obviously, SEC Media Days, guys. SEC Media Days just finished up yesterday. And there was a lot of takeaway there. There was a lot to take away from that. A lot to take away, right? So in my opinion, there were some things that were said that really, I don't know, it really is interesting is all I'm going to say. It really is. Uh, as as the 6033 uh, says, uh, Kirby's elite. Yeah. Speaking of, he got a, a, a very nice extension, by the way, too. Uh, I think highest paid coach in college football right now. So obviously that's fun to, you know, now that you've got him locked up through 2031, obviously the years on that don't matter as much as the average you know, per year, right? Money per year is more imp- indicative there, but you, when you take back to SEC media days, right? Kirby goes up there Wednesday and, and he's, you know, his part of media days, right? You talk about all this NIL stuff, 
Right. And this is going to lead me to some some really hot topics that I feel kind of passionate about. And I really can't wait for Juan if he wants to speak on this. But a lot of people bash Kirby and for for NIL comments when if you didn't listen to the entirety of his press conference at SEC Media Days, it proves those statements to be absolutely asinine to me. So, you know, like just for a perfect example, first take, Shannon Sharp comes on and just starts roasting Kirby trying to, and it's just one of these things where, you know, he don't give a damn about this. He just cares about three to four years. I'm telling you right now, I completely believe it's bullshit. I completely, it's complete bullshit. There's no way around it. You think you know Kirby, but you don't know Kirby like that, Shannon. So if you ever listen to this, I'm telling you, you can have your opinion, but I think you're absolutely fucking wrong. Simple as that. Because you don't, you don't know Kirby like that. And this is why I want Juan to speak on this if he wants to. Because Juan played with Kirby. He played at Georgia. You can't tell me that relationships don't matter after you graduate. Juan still goes to Georgia, watches practices from time to time, right? He's been there before. What, just saying. So you telling me that that shit don't matter. He just cares for three to four years or whatever. It's a bunch of crock of bullshit. That's all I'm going to say. It's completely what it is. Uh, in my opinion, that's my take on it, right? Let me know in the comments what you think about that too. Just saying, um, you know. But nonetheless, I think you look at it in a sense where, you know, people are going to bash him, and they're only going to look at what he said, and you know, like especially when he got his contract extension, right? You sit there. I, I saw somebody, I forgot who it was, like tweeted out something about, oh, Kirby don't want kids getting ten thousand dollars a month, but Kirby's about to make 900. So first off, that's completely different thing. That's like a, that's like a, like a CEO of your company compared to an intern. Like I heard, I heard a perfect analogy. It's like, that's completely different things. Completely different. That makes no sense to try to sit there and argue that, Uh, you know, but listen, at the same time, they also didn't hear about Kirby talking about the good about NIL, right? 95 players, 95, right? 85 scholarship players. Think about this. 95 players on the Georgia roster have NIL deals. That's impressive. Just saying that's impressive. But then you hear the context of, you know, the good of NIL from Kirby. And he said it, you know, you have Dan Jackson able to, to walk on, right. He's a walk on able to pay for his education because of NIL. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. He did. He unnamed, right. Unnamed player, I guess paying for his father's dialysis, right? It's either quit school and go home and work or use NIL. You're able to do that with NIL. That's a good thing. Nobody wants to look at that, though. Nobody wants to look into that at all. Right? Nobody wants to look at that. Oh, he's always getting all this money, but he don't want kids to get $10,000. That's what it is. That's all you're hearing. You're, people seeing, you're seeing people bash Kirby and all this and that. It just shows you how 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 narrow-minded people are, and they don't listen to the entire conversation. They find that one little piece and keep going with it. Listen to the entirety of of the press conference, and you'll hear that. And first off, he was there for two days. He was two like two hours, three hours. It was all week. So get your shit straight. That's all I'm gonna say. Get your shit straight. Simple as that. Simple as that. Right. Simple enough. It, it, it's it, to me. It's just stupid. It really is. Um, so. You know, looking at that right there, I, you know, let me know in the comments what y'all think. I, I'm just, for me, I'm sitting here looking at it, and it just, I don't know. It, it's one of those things that just irks me because 
welcome to people not listening to anything. They just want to focus um, on one specific thing, right? So just, you know, like I said, just let me know what y'all thoughts are. Read your comments here. Uh, yeah, and just see what we're, just see what we're take away, uh, taking away, I should say, um, you know, from SEC media days and whatnot. Um, shit. Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, Joel, uh, Patrick is letting you know that he will not photobomb the live stream today. Okay. Bet. I'll take that. You know, there's, listen, you know, you sit there. And honestly, let's think about this right here. I'm, I'm trying to get away from right, the, the media days concept because I could sit there and go on a rant for the entirety of the show. Okay. I can just do that. I'm not going to, I promise you, I'm not going to do that. Um, but I will tell you that, you know, there's, there's some good coming around Georgia right now. Right. And, and we're going to switch topics from media days and whatnot. We're going to switch it over. We're going to switch it to recruiting again. Because at the beginning, I talked about Jamal's commitment, things like that. Speaking of, if y'all want to hear anything about uh, the commitment, let me know. I'll tell you, it's good stuff. I don't want to go to, I don't want to give all the details, but it was, it was very worthwhile. Um, but yeah, obviously being there, you know, you sit there and you see, you know, obviously his family is extremely excited, right? Extremely excited. But not only do we have Jamal in the fold now, there's a potential for some big dogs as well. Even today, Kelton Smith. Then you got, I think tomorrow you've got Jonel Aguero. Listen, if you miss on Caleb Downs, which I think you will, Jonel's the big name to get. So you better, I, I think he's going to be a dog. I, I think both of them will be dogs, but I'm just letting you know, those are two big names to watch. Okay. Two big names to watch. Right. So I'm just saying, there's a lot of good coming this weekend if you're a Georgia Bulldog fan. A lot to keep an eye out for. A lot, right? And the crazy thing about it is you got Miami on your heels with, with Joe Nell. So I'm, I'm very interested to see. And then obviously with Caleb uh, Caleb Downs, I think he's announcing the 27th, I think it was. So obviously, like I said, I think that's a Bama uh, a take right there. We shall see. Um but like I said, outside of that, there is a bunch of good stuff coming for Georgia uh, in respect of, yeah, obviously in respect to what's going on with recruiting. And listen, guys, we're 43 days away, 40, 43, four, three days away from going duck hunting and, and in the bins, right? We're going to black out the bins, right? Which brings me to my next point. Make sure that you go. If you're going to the bins, black it out per the Spike Squad request. Turner and the Spike Squad have asked us to, you know, to make sure that people are aware to black out the bins September 3rd. So make sure you have something black and wear it to the bins. Or if you're not able to go there, make sure you wear it at home or wherever you may be watching the game from. Make sure you watch it. Okay. And when you do, and if you need something that's black, Make sure to get it from Alumni Hall. Easy right there. Boom, boom, and boom. Listen, I want to see while we wait here. Can we can we get it? Let's get the let's get the Juan fan clubs in the chat. All right. Make sure that while Juan's right here, he's not here right now. Let him know that he's not forgotten. Guys, we need to make sure that Juan fan club becomes a thing. We just 
need to get it going. I just need to get it going. So with that being said, that's what we need to do. Get them in the chat, guys. Get them in the chat. Black out the bins in the Juan fan club. Boom. 63-3 says it at best. Says it best. Uh, let's see here. So with that being said, right, with that being said, while we wait for our, our friend Mike to come on, he's going to hop in shortly, let, let's kind of preview this, right? Like the reason why we're doing this enemy intel series, right? So like I said, last year, if you're not familiar, if you didn't listen, we did – we had a couple guests. We didn't get it to this extent, but we had some guests from different programs come on that we were playing. And the, the backstory to this was it, it, there was some valuable information that we received, whether it be from a South Carolina perspective or Kentucky perspective, whatever the case may be. It, it got us some insight that when we looked back on that specific show, when we played South Carolina, when we played Kentucky, or whatever the case may be, we I look back to the show, and my man Chris at the time uh, from last year, Chris was on last season, nailed it perfectly. Nailed it perfectly by saying Josh Van was a player to watch out for. And guess what happened when we played South Carolina? Guess what happened? Can anybody tell me? That was a game where he torched us for 100 plus receiving yards. So, like I said, the backstory to this is there's a lot to take away from this when you watch Georgia play, right? I don't like to use this term, but you, I don't want y'all to be casual. I want y'all to be invested in your not only the Georgia fans, right, for the, from the Georgia fans' perspective, the team, but I want you to understand what you're looking at when the other team comes to town. Who to watch out for? When you're watching the game, I'm like, oh, I'm watching out for this guy because this is what happened. And then when it happens, how do you stop him? Right? How do you stop him? Or in Vance's case last year, oh, boy, he torched us. We should have saw this coming. Right? Hashtag, ooh. Juan is, I think, doing some personal business. I think he had a meeting or something. So, we, you know, for right now, he might hop in shortly. Uh, just got to see service was terrible. What I was told. So if he hops in awesome, because I have a question for him. Uh, but if not, he should be here Monday. And also Monday guys, Monday, we're talking Gators. We're, we're coming on, we're bringing on David waters and we're getting insight into the Florida Gators and that program down there in Gainesville folks. As, as Patrick, <laughs> he might actually be printing uh, one fan club T-shirts. Just saying, we neither can confirm nor deny that. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Uh, can't confirm nor deny that. Um, Got to do it every time. Got to do it every time. Hashtag Gator Garbage. Hashtag Gator Garbage. Might not do it Monday because I want to be try to be respectable. But uh, any other time, absolutely, without a doubt. I'm just going to leave that there. Let's <laughs> just leave it there. Um, listen, so obviously we're talking a lot about this right here. Um, you know, let's let's kind of get our ideas here about the South Carolina program. Um, you know, what are some what are some things that you know you as the brigade? What is the brigade looking at from a South Carolina perspective? 
you know, I, I think the main topic, and we'll ask Mike when he hops on shortly, you know, obviously the main talk of South Carolina football right now is Spencer Rattler, right? Like, what are uh, and I, you best believe we're going to ask him these questions. What is his like? What's the what's the vibe? Right? I feel I feel like the vibe has to be extremely high, right? Extremely high with having having Spencer Rattler there. I, I just think that's the case, right? But what are the expectations? And, and Patrick brings up a good point. Is he worth the hype? That's a good question. Good question that we're going to ask our friend shortly when he hops on, right? When he hops on, we're going to do that right there. Absolutely. Um, but in the meantime, while we, while we wait, guys, let's talk some more Georgia football. Let's talk some more Georgia football. Who's ready for September 3rd? Anybody? I am. I'll tell you that right now. Um, which actually just, I know it's not necessarily Georgia related, but it ties into Georgia. Um, did anybody hear, <laughs> did anybody hear? Jimbo's comment about it, about it got public about when he was talking about the, the him the, the Jimbo saving beef and it got personal uh, personal and whatnot and how it became public. <laughs> we were disappointed that it became public. Did anybody hear that? <laughs> I, I'm just gonna say, uh, Jimbo, I don't think you paid attention to the fact that you had a public press conference. Wait, let me repeat that. Public press conference to talk about it. <laughs> and basically bashed Nick Saban and tried to beat him with a wooden stick almost. Like <laughs> you're ashamed that it went public. Just saying. Is this is this guys, is this deeming <laughs> I think this might be the Reynolds rant. <laughs> it's the Reynolds rant, I promise you. <laughs> I got to. <laughs> if you have kids, please turn this down. Or if you're at work, please turn this down. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> what an idiot. Man. You, come on, man. Come on. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, apparently he thought he was at Publix. He was confused. Apparently so. <laughs> Must be something in the water there at College Station. God. Oh, we're we're ashamed. We're disappointed that it got went out public. What? <laughs> what? I'm done, man. Like, uh, damn, man. Jimbo just keeps putting his foot further up his ass and down his throat. It just—I don't know how to get around it. I don't know how to get around it. I really don't. I really don't. But I don't even know if that was the dumbest thing that I heard throughout SEC media days <laughs> because apparently Clark Lee thinks that Vanderbilt's going to be the best team in the country in due time some, at some point. <laughs> I, I, I'm yeah, Patrick, I'm completely shook now that I'm – in what realm is Vanderbilt ever going to be the best at anything <laughs> outside of – Outside of fucking debate teams, man. Like, what's the best thing they're ever going to be the best in the country at? Like, mooching. There you go. You sit there taking 70 million bucks and about to take 100 million for nothing. I <laughs> think like, the spell would be, oh, yeah, that's right. They got, they got, that's what you're better at. There. 
God, man, there was some dumb shit said at the. Oh my God, I, 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 I'm genuinely shook. Uh, trying to get words out to describe the insanity that I heard. I, I genuinely don't understand that. If listen, if you're listening to this, uh, you can only imagine my faces right now. So the people watching this, yeah, it, it it's yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Uh, like I understand there's confidence in your in your program, but my God, there's got to be a line between confidence and ignorance. And I think that was completely disregarded when that comment was said. Now, I think it was also ignorance when Jimbo made that public statement because that just that was the funniest thing I think that I heard. I'm just gonna leave that there. That was the funniest thing. <laughs> oh my God. <sighs> and also, Pat, uh, the 6233 DGD says, apparently Kentucky thinks they'll be at the bins, right? Apparently they'll be at the bins at the end. Uh, they must have an early tickets hookup somewhere. Like, where's the plug at? I, I need the plug to the bins, I guess. I guess we don't need to worry about our tickets, y'all, because we ain't getting in. If that is true. <laughs> if that's true. Uh, hello to the dog on YouTube. How are you doing, sir? Or ma'am. I don't even know who. I just see the dogs. So I'm just going to leave it there. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's so let's just be honest here. I genuinely think, I genuinely think now that SEC Media Days is over, talking season needs to just shot, just stop right now. Talking season is, in my opinion, the dumbest thing that we have to experience every year. You have to, because there's logical discussion that can be had, but only for so long, only for so long, only for so long, then it becomes redundant and you're talking the same hypothetical BS all the time until games are played, right? Maybe you look at fall campus, oh, we got this to talk about. It's not on-the-field football. It's all I'm going to say, on-the-field football. It's, right, just saying. It's not It's 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 not on the field, pads going, popping, everything like that. It's not. So talking season needs to go the fuck on, pardon my language, because I need actual football in my life. And I'm not talking about replays from last season, even though the national championship will always be watched whenever I get the opportunity. Just going to leave that there. Uh, looks like Tanil is the culprit for the dog. Tanil East Coast. Oh, boy. Just saying. What, are we trying to replicate Chanel at this point? Yikes. Um, yeah. No. So, <laughs> welcome in uh, for those watching. Listen, I hope everybody enjoyed their um, – you know, I hope everybody has a great weekend ahead of time. But with that being said, let's talk to the brigade some more. I think – I think the brigade is going to enjoy this when we get Mike on. Um, oh, okay. So apparently the fifth has been pled. So, yeah, you know how it goes, right? Uh, okay, okay. So confirmed, Tanil is way more elite than Chanel. Noted. Absolutely noted. <laughs> Absolutely noted. Um. Juan is dealing with personal matters, so he may or may not be on today. If not, that is okay. 
All right. Brigade, I need y'all's questions. I need you actually I need y'all's opinions here. Should should the show try to look into one fan club merch? Let us know. Let us know what you think about that. Should we do the one fan club shirt or make one laugh again shirt? Maybe something like maybe just some merch. Just is this is this something that we should look into? Is it? I see one says yeah. One person is saying yes. Oh, okay, and brigade merch. Uh, I forgot we cannot just do the one fan club merch, but we got to do the brigade. Well then, well played, sir. Well played. All right. So now my question is this while we're while we're stalling, as you can tell, um, what 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 kind of merch are we talking here? Like shirts? What? what? I want to hear what y'all thoughts are. This is this is going to be this is going to be something that's genuine, genuinely created from a lab called the Brigade Chat Room. Right. So if you see merch in the future, just know that you can go back to today, July, July 22nd, and understand where this stuff came from. <clears throat> he, you know, honestly, the dog, you're missing making one laugh. But I think there's a call. I think there's somebody else that makes it that's missing it more. I really do. And yeah, I'm talking to you, Juan. I think Juan enjoys these laughs. I really do. I really think that he likes laughing like that. <clears throat> I'm, I'm just going to leave that there. Just gonna leave it there. Exactly. Okay. So, so we're seeing t-shirts, polos, hats, and I'm getting laughs because one. Yeah. See, I didn't have to do nothing. It made y'all laugh. That's how it works. Genuine laugh. There you go. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So let's keep moving. Let's move on. So. I'm going to do this while we wait, and we'll come back if we need to in touch base. So, let's look at let's look at the South Carolina schedule, guys. Obviously, this is more insightful <clears throat> from an insider, but there's a game in week three. <laughs> I'm reading the chat, and yeah, that'd be funny. But week three, Georgia comes to town for South Carolina. So, and Willie B. Week three at noon, at noon. Keep that in mind. So you're looking at Columbia, South Carolina, in the middle of September, at in the in the heat of the day. That's that's rough. Like let's be honest, that is rough. There's no way to get around it. Rough, <laughs> because it's hot. It, it, like it's hot, right? Maybe, maybe my question is why? Right, let's. And if I need to pull this back up, I will. You 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 host Georgia State, and then you go to Arkansas, right? Which that that's going to be a telling game there too. Period. Yeah, I'm looking at this right here from a Georgia perspective. Like South Carolina is going to be tested a little bit, guys. They really will, right? Because Georgia State is no slouch in my opinion. But then you go to Arkansas, you go to Fayetteville. And you play an Arkansas team that has 
gained respect, in my opinion, and should have if you haven't gotten their respect yet. You should give them some. Um, yeah, I, I think Arkansas is going to be a true test for them, and we'll see what Spencer Rattler – we'll have some good tape of Spencer Rattler by the time they come to week three with Georgia. But from a Georgia perspective, right, from a Georgia perspective, that gives us a couple weeks to talk about – or to, not to talk about, but we get to see what we're made of against Oregon, and then we have a game to tune those things back out, right, wrinkle those kinks out or get the kinks out in week two against Sanford, even though Sanford is an assage, right, before we make our trip right down to Columbia and, and play the Gamecocks, right? So from a dog's perspective, we're going we're gonna to have a de- – I would say some decent film, I would think, on Spencer Rattler. I'm not going to be one to sit here and bash Shane Beamer because I don't – think he's done anything to deserve any kind of passion. He's done an excellent job in year one. Excellent job in year one. Seven wins, beat North Carolina in the bowl game, right? Got a, got a mayonnaise bath. He's changing that culture down there. And to me, him changing the culture in a good way and making it right more unified, that's that's something you have to keep your eyes out for if you're, if you're a Georgia fan. It's as simple as that. Are they are they are they as talented as Georgia? No, absolutely not. But you also have to understand that in 2019, while they were definitely not as talented, they did come in and beat us. Kirby Smart has not forgotten about that. I promise you that. Right? He has not forgotten about that. Now, with that being said, what what is it? Um, let's see. What should we expect from him in year two? Okay, what are just saying? Like, what do we have to look here for year two of Shane Beamer? I genuinely think that you could see another same season, seven and five, or maybe even eight and four, and that is a reason. That is a reasonable expectation, at least from my perspective, my unbiased perspective. My unbiased perspective is that of. I think you can see seven or eight wins, and that'd be okay. As as the dog likes Beamer as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll pull back up the schedule, and let's look at this right here. So we'll, we'll break it down into halves, all right? <clears throat> Excuse me. South Carolina's first six games, <clears throat> you, you host Georgia State. You go to Arkansas. You welcome Georgia. Then you have a game against UNC Charlotte. You host UNC Charlotte. Then you host South Carolina State. And then you go to Kentucky. Now, those first six games, I genuinely think they should go four and two or three and three. Four, I would say I think you could get away with – let's see, I think you beat Georgia State. I think you – oh. Let's do this. Since we're talking South Carolina schedule, let's bring on our man and man of the hour, Mike Yuva. Mike Yuva, welcome to the show, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I just want to apologize to you and your guests. You know, all things happen sometimes in the world of uh, with jobs. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll announce it here. We're having a, uh, a big kickoff party. They did it last year. 
with Gamecock Central. Shane Beamer came out. Then head coach Frank Beamer, uh, Frank Martin came out. Some of the coaches, athletes came out. So um, we'll be announcing that shortly as soon as this video is ready to go. But uh, so apologize, everyone. You got to love when technology fails on you. But um, happy to be with you and, and, and happy to talk to you again, bud. Absolutely, my man. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. I know we talked a little bit about South Carolina uh, the first time you were on the show. Obviously, with you being here again, listen. At first, I thought you were going to be eating a yuva, and, and you needed to take some time. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, listen, Bojangles' is life is all I'm going to say. Uh, if you've no, never had, I got gotcha. I got. I got. I got to hook you up, man. We got. We got plenty of uh, Bojangle gift cards. So you know, you need one. You know, we'll take care don't, of you. Don't make me sweat. You gotta don't make me one. sweat. It's the least I could do holding you up today. Hey, I'll tell you this. Well, I'm not a fan of pimento cheese. I will tell you this. I, I don't – I'm not on that level yet, Mike, but I, I love the Cajun filet biscuits, right? I love the Cajun mm -hmm. filet biscuits, but I'm telling you right now, I don't know if you've ever tried this, but try a Cajun filet biscuit with egg and cheese okay. and, throw, and throw a sausage patty on there. And let me explain. So the Cajun filet, you know the, you know the spice. Yep. But that sausage also has that extra spice, right? So you get a little bit extra spice. But the egg and cheese mellows it out to where you get the chicken and the sausage – and it's just all together, bam. I just like saying. It. Oh, yeah, I'm I telling like you, it. I, I love it. I love it. I think you I'm might just, be on to something. Oh, bro, listen, there, there's there's a lot of weight here. I promise you. It's it's worth it. It's worth it. Okay, but, um, it oh, no, I'm telling you right now. Listen, enough Bojangles talk. Listen, it's always bow time, okay? It's always bow time. But I think the people need to hear about the Gamecocks. And no better – listen – there's no better place to talk Gamecock football than with Mike Huva. So, Mike, we're going to jump in straight here first. Schedule for South Carolina uh, right before you hopped on. Mm -hmm. I feel I feel as if South Carolina obviously, you know, somewhat uh, exceeded expectations with Beamer's year one. Uh, seven and five, beating UNC in the bowl game handedly at that matter. Um and I really thought you seen the culture change almost as the year went on. And and I was telling the brigade that culture change is is key, right? It's very key because while Muschamp obviously he's with Georgia, and and I'll be the first to tell you he's not a great head coach at all, right? But an excellent coordinator. Now, what he left South Carolina with and what Shane Beamer inherited to go seven and five in year one, it's really impressive. It really is, in my opinion. But from that standpoint there, you have seven and five, but I feel like fans will take seven and five and feel the need to realistically, in quotations, need to be eight and four or nine and three even, right, to, to, to be on the right track. When in my opinion, I think seven and five with, with the schedule and even eight and four is actually realistic and attainable, Um you start to get aggressive if you go nine and three and above. But what we'll do is we'll pull the we'll pull the schedule back up, and we'll break it down into six games each, right? Because we got the bye week. So obviously you start off versus you know you host Georgia State, and then mm -hmm. obviously you go to go to Fayetteville and face a feisty uh, Arkansas led, uh, team led by Sam Pittman, uh, God's gift to Earth, really. Um, and then you know then obviously the dogs come to Willie B week three. Then you host UNC Charlotte and South Carolina State, followed by a trip up to Lexington uh, and play at Kentucky. So with that being said, you know, 
I'm under the assumption that I think you can go four and two there, possibly, right? And I think it wouldn't be too far of a stretch to say four and two in those first six games. From from your perspective, what 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 do you think the realistic expectation should be, and what are your thoughts on the first six games of the season for the Gamecocks? I think the challenging part is is just we don't know what this offense is going to look like, right? I think there's high expectations, number one, for this team because of what took place last season. There's high expectations because of what took place in the transfer portal, starting with Spencer Rattler. And then you just keep going down the list with some of the weapons. Antoine Wells Jr., one of the most talented FCS receivers last year, played at James Madison. In just 22 games, he has either set numerous records or he's one of the top three and receiving yards, touchdowns, all that fun stuff. So I say all that because they have the weapons. They have the weapons. Their wide receiver room is deeper than it's been in quite some time. And, of course, like I said, you got Spencer Rattler. The question is, how quickly are they going to be able to mesh as a unit? And when you have the challenging schedule like you do, and granted, it's the SEC. It's always going to be difficult. But when you have to go, like you said, at Arkansas week three, you're playing the defending national champs in Georgia week three, uh, week three, Arkansas week two on the road. How quickly are they going to be able to get things going? Because I feel like as the schedule goes on, I feel like South Carolina is going to get better. If they start off the year one and two, which is a possibility just because of how difficult things are, how do they bounce back? Um, I know I see in the dog, you know, how can you close out with Clemson? Well, I think you worry about that when you get there. I think they're going to they're gonna have their hands full with them, especially early on in the year. So I think the big thing is, can the South Carolina team come out clicking early on in the year? And even if it doesn't necessarily translate into wins, what does that look like? Um, I, I feel like a team like Tennessee could still finish ahead of them in the East, but I feel like South Carolina could beat them. Why? Because it's later in the year, number one. But number two, number two uh, for, for, for Tennessee, I just feel like USC is just going to continue to get better. Um, I feel like USC is going to get better, and it's at home. That's the other reason. I was kind of drifting out of my head there. Oh, yeah. you know? yep. I think that's. I think bottom line is we don't know what this team's going to look like early on. I feel like what we see week two, week three, Arkansas, Georgia might not necessarily be the team that we see later on in the year, and I know that's cliche to say in football, but especially when you look at the makeup of how many new faces are on this offensive side, they're going to be expected to step up. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, like this this is why, like on, on a side note, right, with, with Texas and Oklahoma fans expecting to come into the SEC and try to dominate, if you will, I genuinely don't think they understand the the complexity and the and the the gauntlet that they're about to get themselves into, right? Mm-hmm. Just just like I said, we we're to, well, as we'll start to kind of transition into the second half, but like you just said, you know, like for instance, Texas has Alabama week two. Right now, picture Texas playing Alabama. Okay, go, you know, bring them home, come in to Austin and play Alabama. But it's a lot different when you you play Bama and then you go, you know, like you know, Kansas. Even though Kansas is going to give them a run for their money, compared to you know, say you go to, you play Bama and then hey, uh, yeah, I got to go on the road to Arkansas and then I got to go play Georgia. Like hypothetically speaking. Mm-hmm. The, the gauntlet, it, I'm telling you, the gauntlet that you're that Texas and Oklahoma fans are is going to be wild. But that's a side note. Let's hop into the second half of the schedule, okay? So, you know, for, from your first six, uh, Mike, are you thinking maybe three and three, four and two? Where, where are you at in regards to a, your, I guess, your projection and maybe a realistic expectation for, for the Gamecocks in the first six games? 
I, I like I said, I think that Arkansas game is going to be the swing game in a lot of ways, and I just because it's so early on in the year, I, I just don't know if I can say South Carolina can beat Arkansas just because historically now, is that fair to Spencer Rattler? Is that fair to Shane Beamer? Is that fair to this team? No, but as someone that has covered the SEC going on his eighth year, this will be my seventh year covering the Gamecocks, historically, anytime there's any type of hype, they always come up short. And again, a majority of that was with a different coaching staff, but um, until they can prove otherwise, I, I just feel like you have to, you know, unfortunately assume for the worse that they're going to start off one and two. And for a lot of the reasons, like I said, difficult schedule start of the year, new faces. I feel like this team will be better. Even if they start off one and two, I think this is a team that can go on and get seven, eight wins in the regular season. Um, I, I just, I just, I just don't know what it's going to be early on. And I know that's kind of like the cop-out answer, but it's the God's honest truth. It's just so many freaking questions with this team early on. So um, I don't know if you can pop that graphic up because I got the attention span of a goldfish today. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Um, Because I'd be lying to you if I said I've I've gone through and I've said, okay, you know, this is how many wins they're going to have. I mean, let's let's go through it together, right? Even if they they do lose to Arkansas week two, you know, you, you look at it, should be able to take care of Georgia State, start the year off 1-0, and lose the next two games, uh, win against UNC and then SC State. And now at that point, you're sitting there at 3-2. and two. The Kentucky game is going to be interesting because I feel like at that point for South Carolina, you know the bye week's going to be on the other side of it. That's another huge game. Um, and that's a team that has been in your backside. I feel like even though it's in it's at Kentucky, even though Kentucky has had your number over the last couple of years, I feel like South Carolina is going to find a way to beat them. I really do. So I think South Carolina can go four and two to start the year. Going into that bye week, you got Texas A&M, who pushed you around and shoved you in a locker last year on their home field. Um, I feel like they can go four and two though to start the year. You know, I'm looking at it, and I think just to be just to play it safe, I, I'm say three and three. But yeah. I'm also not counting out four and two. And I think that swing game for the four and two is the Kentucky game, like you mentioned. And I'll tell you why. From a dog's perspective, right, these these teams aren't as, you know, as as fearsome, right? If you're a Georgia fan and you're casual, if you will. But when you look at what the Gamecocks are bringing, right, you talked about all these new faces, right? You've got to take some time to gel. I'm telling you right now, when you leave the Georgia game, let's be honest, you leave that Georgia game, Mike, you're you're going to be hurting because Georgia is a very physical team. Yep. However, you'll you'll I think if if depending on how this game plays out, and we'll talk a little bit more about this toward the end right here. Depending on how you play that game against Georgia, if you stay close and you give Georgia problems, it might not be it might not be as much as loss as you think. It honestly might be that kind of moral victory that propels you moving forward in the season. So, like you said, the Kentucky game is going to be key. But after your Georgia game, you've got, in essence, two games right against inferior opponents on paper, I guess you could say. Well, obviously, we play these games on the field. But you've got time to get your guys in. You've got time to gel. You've got time to recover and get ready for that game in Lexington. Let's be honest. If you, I feel like Georgia's on a, Georgia's on a situation where if, if, if you're a South Carolina fan, focus on you know, not on trying to beat Georgia because what will it do for you as a program? Beating Kentucky, beating Tennessee, right? Beating Florida. Those victories, if you can get those on a consistent basis or try to get those become more consistent, 
mm-hmm. that's going to elevate your program a lot more than just beating Georgia one off like 2019, right? What did what did that 2019 loss or the loss for Georgia do? Stung. Mm-hmm. But what did it do for South Carolina when they won? Not much in essence, right? You got to say that, hey, we beat South, uh, we beat Georgia. But after that, it wasn't, you know, it didn't mean as much as elevating the program up to the next tier in the SEC, right? And obviously that was without Shane Beamer, but obviously we'll kind of move on as well. So, you know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at three and three. I'm going to go three and three because I think that Kentucky game is going to be difficult. And I need to see if y'all can overcome that game. But if you go four and two, it will not shock me. Period. So I can see either set, but I'm gonna go three and three. Yeah, and I, and and look, and look, we mentioned that Arkansas game could be a swing game. The Kentucky game can certainly be a swing game again too. Um, and as easy as easily as South Carolina, I say easily, as easily as South Carolina can go four and two or three and two, three and uh, three, they could also go two and four. I mean, because you think about it, shoot, they lose against Arkansas that second week of the season. Then you drop that Kentucky game, you're two and four. So even though I feel like this team will get better as the year goes on, and I know that's not too many weeks after that Arkansas game, you got to remind yourself too, for Spencer Rattler, yes, he's been able to go and play in big games and he's a power five quarterback. And I think, you know, he still has a lot in the tank. I think he's going to prove a lot of people wrong. That's going to be his first taste of playing a number one, a SEC game, right? I mean, he's gone up against SEC teams, but an SEC game. Number two, playing in a very hostile SEC environment. Arkansas is not an easy place to play. Despite I don't think people give it enough credit. People don't give that place enough credit. Despite them, they have. I understand, and I know, especially talking to you know with a lot of Georgia fans on right now, um, they have a lot of history. People care about football there. You know, they care about football in Fayetteville. So, even though the game is going to be at 11 a.m. I expect that place to be brutal to play at. You know, it's oh, going to be no a doubt. hot one. It's going to be humid. Um, and that's not easy. I mean, that's not easy, especially as a, as a visiting team, to be able to get up early. You're trying to, you know, get the routine right, right, when you're an away team and not sleeping in your own bed. So I think it's going to create a lot of challenges for South Carolina, you know, despite the fact that it's so early in the, in the day, playing that 11 a.m. Central time game. Now, I'll, I'll tell you this. You, you talked about people caring, right? What makes Arkansas even more dangerous right now, Mike, Sam Pittman's got that pro, uh, that program turned around, and those folks believe. When you look last year and the way they dominated Texas and then went and beat A&M, show me those people. Tell me those people don't care. They they hate Texas, and then when they beat them, they, 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 let that, they cherish that, you know what I mean? But they kept moving, and then they go and beat Texas A&M. Right. Sam Pittman's turned that program around in the most complete 180 I think I've almost ever seen in an SEC program. I, I genuinely believe that. You know this. Prior to Sam Pittman coming there, they were god-awful. No SEC victories for like two years straight. And now you're sitting there and you're looking at a team that was top 10 when Georgia played them last year. Think about that, guys. Sam Pittman has, pro, has changed the culture, changed what Arkansas football – and now from a game perspective – like you said, going into Arkansas, those guys are going to be pumped and ready to go because, you know what I mean? Like, they, I think they play Cincinnati week one, mm-hmm. and then they got the Gamecocks. So, obviously, they're going to be ready to go, and those fans are very passionate. So, it's going to be a tough game. Now, as we transition to the second half of the Gamecock season, you have the bye week after Kentucky. 
Then you go to Texas A&M and Kyle Field and, and Jimbo Land down there. Don't get me started. Um, <laughs> then you, you know, then, or no, sorry, you come to, right? A&M comes to, my fault. I read that wrong. So you host A&M and Missouri, and then you go to Vanderbilt. Uh, chalk that up. I'm not going to talk much about that. Then you go down to the swamp, and then you host Tennessee. We talked about it a little bit earlier. And then the Palmetto Bowl to end the season at Death Valley at Clemson. Now, the back half of this, it's actually on par, I think, a little bit more difficult, honestly, than the first. I think A&M, honestly, A&M could be a win. It, I think it's a swing game for y'all, to be honest, for the Gamecocks, because we don't know what a and going to look like offensively because we don't know what their quarterback situation looks like, right? Yep. Missouri, I feel confident that y'all can handle Missouri and Vanderbilt. So we're not going to even talk much about those. What can y'all do to – Listen, y'all dominated Florida last year. You dominated Florida, and I loved it. I am a Gator hater. So when, when South Carolina just manhandled Florida at, at Willie B, I'm telling you right now, I watched that and giggled like a little eight-year-old schoolgirl the whole time they were getting that ass beat, okay? But I, with, with Billy Napier there, it's still there's still a decent talent gap. I wouldn't say a talent gap, but you know, I, it's still going to be one of those tough games for South Carolina. So can you beat Florida – at the swamp, and I think that's the key. At the swamp, uh, Tennessee. Listen, Tennessee is going to be clicking on offense, and it's the later in the season. However, that also gives the Gamecocks time, Spencer Rattler and company, to gel, right? Get this chemistry going. So I think you could honestly see that being a very interesting game. And then Clemson. Listen, even with Clemson having a, a down year, uh, in air quotes. Clemson's still arguably one of the better teams in the country. Now, they've got some questions there. Can DJ Ugalele, you know, however you say his name, can he rebound, right? Can he rebound from the adversity that he saw last year? We'll see. Uh, my thoughts on this back half of the schedule, Mike, I'm, I'm looking I'm looking three and three as well. I, I, well, no, I, I take that back. I think, I think you beat A&M. I think you shock A&M. I think you shock AM, you beat Missouri, you beat Vanderbilt, so that's three wins. And then I think you beat I think you beat Tennessee, so that's four wins. So I'm looking at a seven and five again. What are yeah. your thoughts on the back half? I mean, I as I said, I do feel like this team will get better as the season goes on. That A and M game, it's becoming more and more interesting to me. And the reason being is number one, it's at home. And the other reason is it's coming off the bye. I understand A&M beat the living crap out of South Carolina last year. Absolutely living crap. When you go back to last season, though, for USC, and I understand last year's last year, but the best games in which they played in were when they had extra time to prepare. The week before the Florida game, they were coming off a bye. That previous week, of course, is that A&M game. Going into the Dukes Mayo Bowl, extra time to prepare. Of course, they threw an added wrinkle and thrown to carry on Joyner, who hadn't thrown a pass in two years, having him at quarterback. Which was crazy to watch that game. Crazy I say all that. I say all that because, granted, small sample size, but what we learned about South Carolina last year, what we learned about offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield, when they had extra time to prepare, they played at their best. Now, is that to say that they'll be able to do the same against AM? No. You know, Florida, of course, was a was a much different team than what A and M will be, right? You at least assume Florida. They were going through their things. You know, it was it was the it was the beginning, if not the middle, of the end for Dan Mullen. 
And then for the Duke's Mayo Bowl, North Carolina, they just they just weren't themselves. It just it just wasn't they were a shell of themselves in comparison to what they were at the beginning of the year. So I, I expect South Carolina to come out. I don't know if I can go as far to say that as that they'll they'll beat AM. Um, I do feel like though, when you look at that back half of that schedule, I mean, man, even though I feel like Tennessee could be a team that finishes ahead of them, I mean, shoot, Missouri, Vanderbilt, Tennessee. I know Tennessee, like I said, team that still could finish ahead of South Carolina because if South Carolina has some um, issues at Arkansas early on or against Kentucky early on, I still feel like they can beat them because it's a home game. So, I mean, shoot, what did I say? Four and two to start the year? Four and three so. after A and M. I think you had you had uh, Kentucky. One, two, yeah, I think three. you beat had win in Kentucky. I think you had win in Kentucky. One, two, three, four, four wins at least in the back half. So at that point, that would put South Carolina at eight and three going into that Clemson game. And yeah. even that, though that I know there's gonna be some games and, and as you know, and I know there's some people listening, I'm not a Gamecock fan. I'm not from South Carolina. I didn't go to USC, I just covered the team. Even though I feel like that gap between Clemson and USC is closing. The problem is when you say the gap's closing, how much of how much room do we still have? Because I feel like before it was two oceans. Is that yeah. gap now that it's closing, is it the size of a Mack truck still? You know, so even though I feel like USC has closed that gap with Clemson, I don't know if I can go as far to say, yeah, they'll they'll beat Clemson. Now certainly things can change as we get to that point. You mentioned DJ Uyunglele. I don't know if he'll be able to have the bounce back year that at least I think he's gonna. I mean, I covered Clemson before I moved over to USC. I covered both programs for five years, covered the two national title wins. Um, DJ is a special player. And I feel like the biggest thing that he missed last year, not to get too sidetracked from the Gamecocks, but to talk about why I feel like Clemson will be a better team than they were last year is because they didn't have Travis Etienne. And I think more than anything, he was more he was more valuable than Trevor Lawrence. Trevor, I I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you hundred percent on that. But Etienne being so smart outside of his skill set, he was like having second eyes out there as a quarterback. So I feel like not having him out there, the talented running backs, Will Shipley's a talented running back for Clemson. I feel like it was just an adjustment. So I feel like DJ will be better. I would not be shocked to see Clemson go into that game with a better record than they had last year. Uh, and the fact that you got to go play on the road too against Clemson. And Clemson is obviously pissed off probably hearing about all the – the buzz going on in South Carolina. They've they're honestly, I think I think Clemson fans would like to see USC go into that game with eight wins. So um, I don't know. I I don't think it's too crazy to think that South Carolina could go into that Clemson game at eight and three and then finish the regular season off at eight and four. I'll tell you this: we talk about the gap between South Carolina and and, and Clemson. There's a lot that happened this offseason that it may not have closed the entire gap, but it's going to change the outcome of the game when y'all play the, or when South Carolina and Clemson play. <clears throat> how, how is, how is, right? Cause you look at Clemson, you lose both coordinators. First time in Dabo's tenure, you lose those guys. You're sitting there, <clears throat> you know, and then look at what South Carolina has brought in. You bring in rarefied air bias, need I say Spencer Rattler, cause you don't, hardly ever see a, a, you know, whether it be five-star high school or whatever, that level of a quarterback in South Carolina, you just, you don't see it. I mean, I know you've got Shaw, Connor Shaw and all those guys, right? Steven Garcia, whatnot, but like 
they weren't that high ranked. So the hype right, right now is, is right now is obviously we don't know what's going to happen, but it's there. <clears throat> it is completely there. You bring in Austin Stogner. Listen, last year we got to experience the van experience, torching us 400 plus on that defense, right? You, you've got weapons, right? So I think the game could still go Clemson's way. I think it will go Clemson's way. But I don't see the 30 to nothing win from Clemson this, se- this season. I, I think it'll be a better game. Now, like I said, I don't think South Carolina will win that game. It's just not there yet. But there's a lot of factors that can play in to make the game a lot more interesting than people might actually want to think about and give it credit for. Overall, though, I think overall, I think you're going to see South Carolina get to a bowl game. I think it'll be seven and five. You've had it even as eight and four uh, to end the season, right? Mm-hmm. And like I said, it ties back to what when we first started this discussion, Mike. Seven and five, eight and four. In, in year two for Shane Beamer is a good thing, guys. It's really a good thing if you're a Gamecock fan listening in. As a dog, I'm telling you, that is okay for year two. Don't feel that you need to be so aggressive and think nine and three. If you get there, great. But don't think that that is the end-all, be-all for South Carolina or your – you know what I mean? Like, don't think that it's that championship or bust, and then when you go seven to five, your hopes are crushed, Right. Seven and five, eight and four are very respectable schedule records, right, to end the season for the Gamecocks in year two of Shane Beamer. And like I said, that's this me being as third party and as unbiased as I possibly can be. With that being said, though, Mike, I have a question and what I want to, I think we might even kind of change this to week three. Yep. From since this is a Georgia podcast and we <laughs> play in week three. Who are who are some names to know, like whether it be sleepers? Right? Yeah. I think everybody's got their everybody's got their eye on a couple guys. Obviously, Spencer Rattler is going to be the talk of the season for South Carolina. My, I, I have a feeling I might know one name that Georgia, from a you know from a team perspective, has to put eyes on and focus to eliminate or you know try to neutralize. I should say. Mm-hmm. So you know, my thought is you have to watch out for Van again. Yep. Um, you know, obviously you're going to keep your out for how to, how to neutralize, right. Spencer Rattler and, and Austin Stogner. But I think the key here is on defense. Mm-hmm. How are you going to go against camp or uh, is it uh, Cam Smith? Yep. And how are you going to neutralize Z- uh, Jordan Birch? I think Jordan Birch mm-hmm. is primed for a breakout year. He has to, I think he has to at this point. What are some names? Who are some names that, you know, if I'm a Georgia fan and I don't know much about the Gamecocks, who should I keep an eye out for <clears throat> come week three and Willie B? Yeah, I mean, we'll start with offense. I mean, a player that just had an incredible season last year, and I think he might be one of the first tight ends to go next year. I'm not saying he'll be the first tight end, but he'll be a tight end that can certainly raise his draft stock because he is capable of being able to play on the outside as well, and that is uh, Jaheim Bell. Jaheim gets a lot of comparisons, different skill set, but a lot of comparisons to Debo Samuel because he can do multiple things. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball. He's a tight end, but he can go out in, 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 the, uh, in the slot and he can go on the outside too. Just a freak athlete. He put on an absolute clinic against North Carolina. So if you don't know who I'm talking about, you want to have an idea, want to watch some film, go back and watch that Duke's Mayo Bowl. I mean, he put up over 100-something receiving yards in the first half. Two touchdowns. Dirty. Absolutely um, dirty. Really good player. 
Um, I mentioned Antoine Wells Jr. That's obviously to be seen. Uh, transfer wide receiver from James Madison. High expectations this coaching staff the staff has for him. Christian Beale Smith, running back that's coming in from Wake Forest, which is going to be interesting because you have him, but then you have Marshawn Lloyd coming back from an ACL injury from the previous season. Um, mentally, he's feeling good. He had long conversations, a lot of conversations, I should say, with Marcus Lattimore, who obviously went through more injuries similar to that than anyone ever should. Um, so he's mentally, he's he's back in there. Juju McDowell's a fun running back to watch, shifty small back. Corey Rucker is an interesting guy. Corey Rucker's transforming in from Arkansas State. And Corey, and I'm interested to see what his role is going to be early on in the year. Corey set the record as a freshman for the most receiving yard in uh, in an FBS game with over 300 yards. 300, I think it was 310. They like this guy. He just transferred in. So those, those are some guys I'd, I'd say um, to keep an eye on. Defensively, one guy who I'm very high on is Jordan Strawn. He transferred in a year ago from Georgia State. He played behind J.J. Inambare and Aaron Sterling, two very talented defensive linemen. And, of course, J.J. signed with the uh, the Packers after getting drafted. Strawn was tied for the most sacks in FBS when he was at Georgia State his final year with, t- with 10 and a half. He played about 200-something snaps last year. Did some good things, but this year he's expected to be a starter and play across from Jordan Birch. He's down 15 pounds. He is someone that can bring some speed off the edge. So Jordan Strawn, you know, guys are going to want to talk about the Zach Pickens of the world who represented USC at SEC Media Days this past week, the Jordan Birches of the world. Um, but a guy like Jordan Strawn, I mean, I think he's going to really surprise a lot of people. And then in the, the safety position, Devonnie Reed comes in from Central Michigan trying to do what he can to fill the role of uh, Jalen Foster, who was a walk-on, who ended up going to be, you know, turned into an All-American, which is just a great story. But this kid, Devonnie Reed, um, he's something special. He only had one Power 5 offer coming out of high school, and that was to Purdue, end up going to Central Michigan to play for the Chickawas. He came on in. He has quickly become a leader of this team. In a way, he's not as short, but in a way, he kind of reminds me of like kind of like the Bob Sanders type, right? You know, you go back to those Colts days, you know, a little undersized, but he likes to freaking hit. So um, those are a couple guys, you know, don't want to give people popsicle headaches, throwing a bunch of names out there. But, um, you know, Jordan Strawn, definitely for defense. And then offensively, like I said, Antoine Wells Jr., but starts with Jaheim Bell. Um, that, 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 that shouldn't even be a, a secret. Jaheim Bell is going to have a have a very good season if he can stay healthy. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously from, you know, from a South Carolina perspective, and I was able to watch that game against North Carolina, that was like his coming out party. Like, I know he had some good games, you know, in the season, but like when you're on a national level, right, when it comes to bowl season, I felt like that was his coming out party. And I think that you're going to see some transition, especially with, with year two under, you know, the new offense and everything. I think you'll definitely see a positive, you know, definitely be somebody to watch out for because I think with Van and, and, and you know, then you got to worry about Stogner, right? Like, yep. so, like I said, there's weapons right now. How Georgia handles that, I think Georgia will be fine. However, from an overall standpoint, you know, it's not just going to be a cakewalk in my opinion, right? You might actually be lucky to, for I wouldn't say lucky, but you might be more fortunate if you're Georgia playing South Carolina in week three, because there might be some situations where these guys aren't necessarily clicking on all cylinders, a la Tennessee last year, right? Could possibly see that. 
Now, at the same time, I still think there's going to be some production on offense, which is why we have South Carolina going to seven and four, even eight, or sorry, seven to five, even eight and four, because they're going to, I think you're going to see more points scored, and I think your defense will get better. Now, you, you know, there's some, you know, some, I would say some significant losses. Mm-hmm. However, look at the additions, right? The additions kind of soak up that loss, those losses just a little bit, make it easier, right? And that's nothing that George is not used to at this point, right? You, you, hell, we just had 15 guys drafted, and you're still expected to bring in a top 10 defense. That's just where that is. But nonetheless, right? I think you look at it as sensor. I think this game, because it's at Willie B in Columbia, mid September, it's going to be hot. There's no question. It's noon kickoff. It's going to be hot as shit. This is point blank. Put it there. You know, I, I think with guys still probably getting into game shape, right, or just getting there, almost there, but or getting there, I, I genuinely think you'll see Georgia win this game. But I wouldn't expect to see such a, you know, like like what Georgia did last year was was just wild. Um, you know, I, I would I would think you know South Carolina can put up some points, but I, I think the key for from a Georgia perspective is. This, in my opinion, will be the first true test for Spencer Rattler at South Carolina and how he handles that kind of team. Because while it's while it's kind of a, you can do this at the end of the season, Clemson's defensive line is arguably, if not even better than Georgia's right now, right? How like what he does, you know, what the offensive line more so than anything, how they protect. Spencer Rattler, because I feel like with Spencer Rattler, you've got to give him time. He can be efficient. You just got to give him time. With Georgia, can you give him two seconds, three seconds, right? Because you're going to see some quick passes, I promise you, just to kind of slow down the pass rush because it's there. I promise you that. But, you know, looking for the long haul, right, I, I, I definitely think the Georgia game is going to be a telltale sign for, you know, where South Carolina is, right? Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily use it as your actual, like, litmus test can you give georgia problems how long can you give georgia problems for if you're like i said if you're able to give georgia problems most of the game take that as almost a a win right you're not i mean if you lose you were expected to lose anyway but if you win even better and you kind of get a feel for where your team is right but kind of taking away from here, I, I like the I like the Bell pick right there. I, that was a name that I, I should have said, but I forgot. Uh, listen, if you're if you're listening or you're watching, the reason why we do this is because, like I said last year, Josh Van was brought up, and he torched us four hundred plus. <laughs> if if you're if you want to, if the, the off season never, there's no such thing as an off season. You need to know your team, and you need to know your opponent's teams at all times. I, I, I'm just a proponent for that. I don't like to be sitting there getting pissed off and getting super emotional on Saturdays watching watching on the TV. If I see it coming, I'm like, oh, well, see, this is what happened. We just I should have saw this coming or well, we saw this coming. Like, come on, let's go, Georgia, fix it. Right. Mike, thanks for coming on, my man. I, I kind of like these insights here. I think, you know, obviously there's a lot of media hype, right, with, with Shane Beamer in the second year and, and obviously getting – getting the additions that he did through the portal and, and really a recruiting class. Cause y'all had a good recruiting class as well. Um, so, and that's just in year one going into year two. So there's, you know, the, the future I think could honestly be pretty damn bright in Columbia. I appreciate, 
And I appreciate you having me on again. Sorry for the delay here. I'm um, excited, though. I mean, if you, if anyone's out this way in Columbia come August 20th, come on by. It doesn't matter if you're a Gamecock, Georgia fan, whatever. Clemson fans were out there last year. Um, it was uh, it was a good old time. We got beer, talking football. Can't beat that. But uh, no, oh, That's a good combination there. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, you know we'll we'll uh, we'll definitely connect as we get closer. If there's any game, is there any Georgia fans that want to come out here, that want to see that game week three? Uh, I'll let you guys know where some good places to get some food, get some beers, all that kind of good stuff. So, you know, it'll be good. It'll be good. I mean, it's gonna stink. We're all in this together, right? So we're all gonna be in this together for a freaking noon game in Columbia, the South suck. Carolina, week three. It's gonna be hot as hell, but. Uh, We'll, we'll point you guys in the right direction so you guys can stay cool and, and have a couple cold ones. I'll give you this. If you're someone that doesn't drink, that's okay. <laughs> I'll tell you this, and this is going to be an easy plug right here. Go to Bojangles. Get you some chicken and sweet tea. Atta I promise boy. you. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. I'm a biscuit guy, but you get a Supreme Combo, done. Love it. And there's a, go, and there's a Bojangles. I mean, I'm sure Georgia fans that have been out to a game or two, you understand. It's changed over over the years a little bit. The location bumped down a little bit, but I mean, shoot, there is a Bojangles within the shadows of the end zone at Williams. Oh, wow. So, okay. You know, if you want to come on down there, go get yourself. Um, I quit drinking every other week. Gamecock fans, uh, they, they pick up their drinking every other week, it seems like. Uh, so I've heard. I've heard that. A couple of years, but you know, no, it's been, I'll, I'll tell you what, a lot of excitement this year for South Carolina. Um, you know, we just saw, obviously, the the SEC predictions come out by the media. I, I think it goes back to everything that I said at the beginning, and I'll leave it off at that, which is there's hype, there's buzz, but we've seen this song and dance before. Unfortunately for Beamer, unfortunately for Rattler, unfortunately for these players, they're unfairly, in my opinion, unfairly going to be labeled the same way as some of these former Gamecocks and the God's honest truth, in my opinion, that, that's what you have to do sometimes until this program, it's not a Beamer thing. It's not a Rattler thing until this program can prove that they can get, that they, that they can live up to the expectations that they can take care of business when the buzz is high and the expectations are out there until they can do that. You have to view them the same way as they've always been. And I think that's why you're seeing them picked fifth to finish in the sec East this year. You know, it wouldn't surprise me, and if I had to give my, we'll we'll end on this note right here. All right, like I said, we've we've talked our schedule position, you know, predictions. Fifth isn't bad for what it is. I, I feel like it's, I feel like South Carolina could honestly finish fourth behind Georgia. I think it would be Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, and then South Carolina, and then Florida. I'm telling you right now, as much talent Florida has, right? As much talent as they have, the mess that Dan Mullen left that program in is a ton for anyone to get it fixed in year one. I promise you it's too much. I promise it's too much to fix in one year. It would not shock me if they finished fifth. And and listen, I'm telling you right now, there might be some Florida fans listening to this that are going to be trying to bash me and shit. I'm telling you right now, this time last season, I projected the, the Gators to finish fourth in the SEC, and y'all did me a favor and y'all finished sixth. <laughs> I'm just saying. So – you know, I think fourth and fifth, fifth, fourth or fifth for South Carolina is, is kind of there. It's, you're just there, right? Yep. And until the until the talent gap in recruiting fixes itself, right? I think Agreed. like if the Beamer can recruit, he knows what he's doing, and you know it. And, and, and this is the only thing that I've said to Gamecock fans on Gamecock Central. 
I understand that they want higher fours. I understand that they want a five. What Beamer's been able to do in a short period of time is, is it is impressive. There's no question about it. It's impressive considering the fact of where this program was left. Six wins combined in Muschamp's final two years and to be able to get seven wins at once in, in the first season, I mean, that's that's good. And they've been able to get some talented recruits outside of transfers. So the only way, though, that you're going to be able to get those higher four stars and to be able to get some five stars, you got to win some games. You got to win. I mean, there's no secret. I mean, and, and like you said, winning games is one thing, but going seven and five in year one when you weren't expected to get even close. Consistency now. Consistency. You need to be yep. able to get seven wins in the regular season. In my opinion, you have to be able to get eight wins because you got to get seven and then win that bowl game. Seven you know, and five. Like eight and eight. four. Eight and four is actually good. Keep oh, that in mind. They got, if they got eight Keep, wins. If not, in general, wins. though, Mike, in general, eight and four is actually good. We have put – Friggin' parade. Throw a parade down Main Street. I mean, for crying all out loud. All the tailgating, Bojangles, hubba hubba. Uh, you know what, man? I'll just come wear – I got a red polo. I'll just wear it down there just for the free Bojangles if y'all do something <laughs> like that. <laughs> hey, someone said free Bojangles. Hey, man. But now – and I'll, hey, listen, in all seriousness, right, Shane Beamer, if you give him time, I'm not going to throw a comparison out here. I feel like South Carolina fans need to understand that going back at just a little bit of time here, Steve, what Steve Spurrier did can be replicated, but it should, you know, I feel like it shouldn't be the, the comparison point for each coach, right? Because I feel like they can do more. Shane Beamer, if you give him the time, I'm just saying he can get South Carolina to be a problem in the SEC East and, and where South Carolina is, is, the level of what Steve Spurrier, in essence, did win the SEC East once or twice. If you do that right there, you listen. I understand the playoffs. Columbia is a very difficult place to play and win games. It just is. It's just the landscape of the and the geography of it. You look at South Carolina. Not saying there's not a ton of talent here. You can go right in North Carolina, pick out. Georgia's blessed with high school recruiting that is some of the best in the country, hands down. South Carolina is not that fortunate. They have good talent. They're just not on that level yet from a a high school standpoint. Get your recruits in and start winning games. And I think South Carolina's mentality, you're on one tier. You can make that next step. Just win eight eight games and do it. Start to see consistency like you mentioned. Next thing you know, you're sitting there fighting for the SEC East. Everybody wants to talk about Georgia-Florida winning the East and stuff right here and why in the past that was true. I, you know, who's to say it can't be South Carolina in, in the next coming years if, if, if Beamer's trajectory is on – it stays the course, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just being honest. <laughs> it can happen. Mike, before we let you go, obviously we've talked enough Bojangles and Gamecock football. Where can people find you, my man, if they want to um, reach out on social media? Sorry. Yeah, if you want to put up with my crap, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore UVA, just like the college. UVA just wasn't smart enough to get in. Um, plenty of Gamecock coverage. I mean, that's 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 what I do now um, since I've switched over to Gamecock Central. And if you guys want to be able to – if you have on three subscriptions and you want to be able to keep an eye over on uh, USC, come on by. You guys will have access. That's the beauty with us making the switch on, to, on three, that you guys will have the ability to – Peek on over and uh, be able to take advantage of that subscription. So if you're an on three member, you can do both. So do that. And uh, like I said, Bojangles, it's always Bo time. That's my my 10-year too late NIL deal. It'll be my 
Al Bundy moment years from now that they named a biscuit after me. I'll be talking about it like I scored four touchdowns at Pokai in the state championship game. Can't even be mad about that, though, man. Four touchdowns. Listen, give me give me four Supremes or four biscuits or whatever over a damn four touchdowns. Sometimes. I say sometimes. Absolutely. Especially when you get hungry, dog. This, uh, people sleep on that sweet tea, by the way. I'm just going to oh, leave it there. Good, man. That sweet so, tea's good. And them, and them Cajun fries, boy. And I season fries. Have, I, I tried, oh I tried something new. I know it's been there for a while. I tried something new. Their sweet potato pie. Oh, my goodness. I heard about that. I heard about that. Very man. good. Oh, my God. It's in a nice little sleeve, like another fast food joint that I won't mention. Um, but, yeah, it is uh, so freaking good. I'm not, so good. Yeah, I'm not even mad. That, I love sweet potato pie. Mm. Anyways, Mike, it's a pleasure having you on, my man. Anytime you want to come on, you're more than welcome. Guys, we're going to wrap this thing up. I didn't realize how long we've been on. Been no, that's live. my fault. I apologize. No, no. Hey, no no apologies needed, my man. We, we're talking Georgia football. We're, hey, listen, we just got Jamal Jarrett. Uh, any, I'm just letting you know right now, you're a Gamecock uh, coverage, right? Mm-hmm. Any day that the North Carolina Tar Heels are down, it's good for – and it just so happened that Georgia got the last laugh on Jamal Jarrett, right? And, listen, they, North Carolina got trolled on that commitment video. I don't know if you saw that, Mike, but whew, that was that was a good one. Uh, if not, I'll, I'll send it to you off, offline. I'm telling you, that was funny. Wow. Um, oh, no doubt. Uh, with that being said, Mike, thanks again for coming on, my man. It's always a pleasure talking to you, uh, talking Bojangles as well. Right? Like We're both fiends for Bojangles. It's, I promise you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're going to learn. Like Just the way it is. <laughs> with that being said, have a great Friday. Brigade, thank you for coming in hot and heavy. We're going to be doing this with Florida Monday, so it's going to be very interesting. I am a Gator hater, so we're bringing on Florida for our next uh, installment, if you will, of our Enemy Intel series. Mike, thank you for taking the time out of your day, my man, to talk some Gamecock Insight. Uh, Have a great day, and go dogs.